But what comes to mind is the old saying, everybody's in sales, because all communication is about what you say is an attempt to give information, influence, change, um, interest the person who's listening. And how good are you at it? Whether it's your kid or your employee, your husband, your wife. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Baloo, and boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. This lady is my first ever personal development teacher. She took me when I was a fresh-faced, cherubic 21-year-old lad and brought me in to the wonder the magic of the world of personal development. She taught me how to manifest, how to visualize, and how to create. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Janet Kramer. Welcome to the show, Janet. Well, I feel like I should be walking into a spotlight in a ring. (laughs) (laughs) Great to have you here. How are you? Well, considering the situation we're in, and of course, some of your listeners may actually listen to this after all the virus nonsense is over. Please be that true. And uh, they'll think, what are you talking about, all this nonsense? Well, shutdowns, lockdowns, lying governments, how's that? Yeah, 100%. Amen. Okay, so Janet, I know you very well. What the person listening to the show doesn't know you well. They are an entrepreneur. They are what I call a free enterprise hero. There are men and women who care very deeply about what they do. They care very deeply about the work that they do and how they serve their clients. And they listen to the show because they want to be inspired. They want to have someone who believes in them and believes in entrepreneurs and believes in free enterprise be there to have their backs. And they listen because they want to learn from you as my guest expert. Because I have amazing guest experts like you on the show every week. But before they can open their hearts to you, they need to get to know who you are. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Janet Kramer? (laughs) Well, I started out as a teacher. Mainly it was a way to get out of the house. But I taught uh, elementary school for a while. Public school, as we say in Canada. And I'm sure that the kids who had me still remember me either with dread or gladness because I took no prisoners. Every kid, I decided every kid was going to succeed. The attitude of, of most teachers is, well, we've got, we've got the really smart kids over here. We've got the average kids and we've got those slow kids. You know, they label the reading groups, the slow group would be the turtles and so on. And, I don't know, I, I never got my head around that. So I was fierce about how every kid in my class would learn by heart all of their 
number facts, for instance, and math's an old-fashioned concept these days, that a child should be able to do math without a calculator. And I was determined that every kid would learn to read and that everybody would be able to write legibly with good spelling. And I didn't let up till everybody got there. This was back in the days when you could keep a kid after school and uh, work intensively with them. These days, they're all shot out of a gun at, I don't know what it is, 2.15, 3 o'clock maybe, and uh, everybody leaves. So I, I didn't stay in the education area because I could see the direction it was going, which was to dumb everything down and let's do group work which prepares them to be bureaucrats and work for the government, but not to be entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs need to be able to do things for themselves and think for themselves. Um, and then I, with my husband, we began teaching a program that was popular in the 90s. That was when I met you. And are you sure you were as old as 21? Because I remember you as younger. <laughs> I was 21. I, uh, <laughs> I had just turned 21 in uh, January 1989 was when I did the course with you. Oh, yeah. And back then, we were associated with a company in Texas. And the family's name was Silva. And uh, we had taken their course, which was called Silva Mind Control at the time, which was an interesting PR name. It People were afraid or they were fascinated. We changed it to the Silva Method. And since we were far from Texas, we made a lot of changes and improvements to their course material because some of it was erroneous, some of it was wackadoodle new age, uh, and some of it was unscientific. So we upgraded. We were the most successful teachers of the Silva Method in the English-speaking world. We had uh, huge classes. I think you remember we classes of 100, 200. And this was in person for four full days over two weekends or six days, like four evenings and a full weekend. So it was a huge commitment in time for people. And it was an intensive training in how to use your mind. Because, you know, people are sort of like fish. You say, do you notice the water? No. And noticing thoughts and being aware of them, this is a big step for people to notice their patterning, notice how they've been programmed by their environment, notice the beliefs they have. And lots of beliefs aren't true. But all of that programming in the mind filters perception and filters your actions. And I know a lot of your listeners are probably thinking, oh, yeah, I know all about that. Or, yeah, I've heard about positive thinking. Well, the trouble with positive thinking is that it's BS. Well, we could say that's beta stuff for a certain area of brainwave. But actually, <laughs> positive thinking is too shallow. So part of we taught people was how to alter their brainwave state, which is simple. Kids get it faster. And I taught a lot of kids, actually, too. And, uh, and then help people to repattern and reprogram their thinking. For instance, uh, for study skills, which I recall was one of the things you really ran with. You got rid of the beliefs you had about 
school and learning, things like maybe it's hard or I can't do it. I, I don't know what in particular were your impeding beliefs, but you got rid of them and you applied the alpha learning techniques that we taught you at university to effect, if I recall. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, tell your listeners. Well, back, back in the day, uh, back in the day when I did, when I did your program, I applied it to studying for exams in school, for writing papers, and just for general retention, you know. And there was a very powerful technique you taught, the three-finger technique, where I'd sit down and I'd, and I'd say to myself, I'm about to do a class, a lesson, uh, some homework in X subject. It's going to come easily and quickly to me, and I will retain 100% of it uh, at a time that I can recall uh, easily just by putting my three fingers together. And I would meditate on this, and I'd visualize this before every lesson. I'd also visualize myself doing very well in school every morning. And I did incredibly well in school. My marks just shot through the roof. I mean, I, I basically went to straight A's in my final year of undergrad university. And I went to a, a master's degree in the United States. And um, my grades remained very high. I got 13 A's and three B pluses in my master's program. And I attribute it to the work that I did with you. And we heard that if we had high school college students uh, in the class, we heard that all the time. If they use the techniques to get results, um, well, and if they didn't use them, they didn't get results. Human beings. And, uh, so study skills was just an aspect of that. We, most of it, will alter uh, limiting beliefs and you have to do that by altering your brainwave state and function where the beliefs are seated rooted. so a lot of attitude adjustment habit adjustment building creativity um, making decisions that are useful and so we successful with that entrepreneurs who are listening they'll identify with this we were at the advantage of being far away from the headquarters of the company in Texas. And they were happy that we were very successful, but they didn't like that we had made scientifically based upgrades and changes and that we wouldn't teach some of the wacky stuff. And uh, eventually we came to a parting of the ways. That was the last time that we ever worked in any kind of association with somebody else. I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and uh, I just see what needs to be done. And if you have permission and deal with uh, committees and bureaucracies, it doesn't go well. So after that, we um, continued to upgrade the course, added a lot of neurolinguistics, which is just a, a fascinating area of the study of how people communicate, the structure of their communication. At, at particularly inner, how they communicate and think, and also outward communication and structure with others, which is incredibly useful if you're in any field where you're teaching or influencing, or if you're a parent, and you know what comes to mind is the old saying, everybody's in sales, because all communication is about what you say is an attempt to give information, influence, change, 
um, interest the person who's listening. And how good are you at it? Whether it's your kid or your employee, your husband, your wife, that all has applications. And we uh, continue to do that to uh, teach those programs. And also, all along, I've had a private coaching practice with students who said, Janet, I want to work with you one-on-one for some particular thing. And I've done that more and more. And since the, the virus shut down, we haven't taught any live programs because it's just too much of a hassle. And everybody's Zoomed out, really. You, you say the word Zoom or Skype, and people's eyeballs just roll around in their heads. They have had enough at many levels. So I've continued to be very busy with coaching. I also work with addicts uh, in, because I'm co-leader of a ministry at uh, our church. And so we're dealing with people on a daily basis who are fighting addiction or fighting other emotional issues, life issues, family issues. It's, it's not all addiction, but 20, 20% addiction. And uh, so it's very much like the coaching I do. One of the fundamental things people have to really get grounded in is does truth exist? Culture right now is, oh, is that a true statement? Uh, earnest, critical, uh, the academic institution of what's real and true is really alert with your mask on these days. Press the cop button these days, come in with your mask and say, Hi, I'd like to withdraw $100,000 from my account. And the teller will look at your account and say, well, you got 47 bucks in there. Well, your truth for you, my truth for me. (laughs) And, And yet that's what a lot of people are immersed in, that they can just build their own truth, which it isn't truth, it's their own collection of beliefs. But objective truth exists. Yes, it does. And if you're an entrepreneur, you've got to pay attention to actual objective feedback from the real real world and don't filter it through uh, any of these uh, cultural beliefs that'll sabotage you. Yeah. Go on a real riff about that because I deal with it every day. No, 100%, 100%. It's very true. And one of the things that you do really, really well is you're brilliant at coming with up with constructs that allow people to manifest pretty much anything they want. And I just think for the benefit of my listener, why don't we create a construct and let's the construct be around a, a nice goal, let's say, that I have I want to have a $250,000 month, okay? So that's a goal that I have. So let's you and I just give a give a live demonstration of a Janet Kramer coaching session about what we would need to do in order for me to manifest that in reality. Okay, well, first of all, I, I disabuse you, and I have already many times, but a client to say, if you are subscribing to the idea that all manifestation and creation emanates from between your ears, and that if you just lie on the couch and vividly visualize a red sports car or 
a $200,000 month. It's not going to manifest. It is not going to happen. That is magical thinking. It is subjective. It is not true. And yet that's one of the new age lies that a lot of people believe. Well, if I just think about it hard enough, I close my eyes and I just... I have a vivid visualization, and they'll also say, yeah, get into the feeling of having it. But if you don't have the skill set, and if you don't take action, it's not going to happen. It will not drop into your lap. And so that's the first thing. People need to forget about that uh, that shallow New Age concept that uh, um, what I think is what I get without all the stuff in mm. between. And so let's think about your goal of uh, 200,000 know, sales in a month. You Do you have the skill set to do yes, that? Yes, I do. Do you have the product or the service that Absolutely. could generate that? And if, and so then we would dig into, so did you get 200,000 last month? No. And what stopped you so far? Um, I didn't talk to enough people. Huh. And so why didn't you talk to enough people? What stopped you from doing that? You know, just didn't even think about it or plan it. Didn't have the goal. Huh. Did, this is a new goal. Didn't think about it. Yeah, it's, so it's a new goal. And so notice right there we come up against, it's all very well to have a fabulous goal. <laughs> you still got to get off the couch, so to speak. I know you weren't on the couch, just an expression. Um, so let's say someone says, well, I should be making calls, but when I think about it, I just feel, oh, what's the use? Or I just remember all the turndowns I had when I tried making calls. So just as an example. And so... Right there, this person's inner dialogue, the visuals they're making in the mind, the feelings that they're generating from their past experience, which they're bringing right up to now so they can get back into the feeling of not doing it, all of that's blocking and getting in the way. So it would be useful for first aware of that pattern. And then if I, it was a coaching client, I would, uh, you know, because I have rapport with them and they know what we're doing, I would lead them through a process, get very relaxed to focus deeply inwards to bring up the uh, visuals, the, the auditories, the kinesthetics, and where they're negative to change the structure of them. If you change the structure of how you hold negative, it, the power of it dissipates. I'm not saying that you erase the memory of not being able to make calls, but that that memory doesn't have the power to sabotage your energy. And that's by changing the structure. There's very specific things to do. And also work with finding their resource states, which is the times when you've been really good at doing something. You've uh, been on a roll, things are going well, you, your, your particular skills are really in flow, and we want to 
access those and change the structure so they're even more powerful. And then we bring that focusing on the goal. So in this case, you know, $200,000 a month of sales. So we might paint, using a visual term there, paint a picture of what that would look like a month from now when you're accessing your bank account and you're seeing a ka-ching, ka-ching, add some sounds, deposits coming in and so on. And that goal is accomplished. And that's in the future, a month from now. But backing up to now, what do you need to do? What actions do you need to do to get there? Well, I need to make these calls. Well, let's imagine, think about what it's going to feel like to be doing those calls. And at this point, bringing those resources, the, those really strong, empowered feeling sensations from when really good at doing something. And I think here also another good resource to bring forward would be, I don't care if people turn me down. Because well, every turn down gets me statistically closer to a yes. Uh, and so I'd find out how the person would hold something like that. We all have resource states where we've sort of said, screw you, I'm going to do this, and you do it. And you just plow through. So bringing those resources into the feeling of making those calls, maybe in just an hour in the session, or maybe starting the next day, and rehearsing. It's like a mental rehearsal. And here's where this is a lot like what they do in athletics now, where athletes, of course, practice their skills, but they also will mentally practice, mentally go through all the steps. They might also mentally rehearse, but watching another athlete who's incredible at it. So in our scenario here, you think about, imagine, watching someone who's an incredible phone sales closer. You, you create a, an impression of the, the greatest sales closer. Some people are thinking of people now. And you imagine watching them do your sales calls. And then you imagine going into them and becoming them doing those sales calls. And then you bring that, that sense of excellence with you to doing those calls the next day. And athletes take that onto the field, the basketball court, and there, there is research done with control groups and everything. The athletes who do that do far better. It's kind of an overview. So you, you get the sense there that this is not about just intensely visualizing and thinking that the universe, which is a misnomer, is just going to drop it in your lap. What you do with your mind is to get rid of the impediments of beliefs and build the skills. And that's how your thinking manifests results. And I can hear your mind going. So what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. You know, everything you've said makes total sense because if you just sit down and do nothing, nothing's going to come your way. But if you magnetize your mind 
And on top of that, you take clear, consistent, directed action and you elevate your vibe, your frequency, if you will, then results will very naturally come your way. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and those are nice metaphors to use. If you magnetize your mind or if you raise your vibe, um, those are metaphors. Let's say that you have or somebody has had this inhibiting sense, oh, you know, this this task I have to do to build my business, oh, I'm just overwhelmed. And, uh, you know, people are, are just out to get me, like, you know, crappy things are happening every day. Why am I attracting this? And part of that is because the self-talk, the internal dialogue, and also the mental pictures and uh, the sensations that the person is generating in the mind are creating a filter. And this word filter is really important with regard to magnetizing. It's another metaphor because let's say you get up on the wrong side of the bed and, and for some reason it's just, oh, crappy day. This is going to be a bad day. None of this that I want to do is going to go right. You take that attitude onto the road when you're driving. That will influence the minutiae, the nuances of how you're driving. Somebody's going to honk at you because you're going to do something boneheaded. And that's the way of saying that your, your mental attitude or your vibe is attracting, well, people on the highway that uh, don't like the way you drive, and possibly for good reason. Or if you, if you have this attitude that's uh, kind of curmudgeonly, let's say, people tend to say no to me. And you remember all the times when people said no. And that becomes your filter. That's what you're operating from. So that's your energy that you're putting out, so to speak. Your actions, even, even your facial expression will be different when you look at people. You'll be, your facial expression will telegraph grouchy. And then you'll wonder why you get a grouchy response. This reminds me of when Jonathan and I went to New York City on business once, and it was it was our first time going down there. People said, oh, those New Yorkers, they're so rude. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's not a friendly place. And, oh, they'll give you. Well, Jonathan and I aren't like that. We were walking along the street, and, you know, we're standing tall, walking tall. We're smiling. We're, we're determined we're going to enjoy. And every interaction we had with people, cabbies, restaurant, and so on, we just put out, well, good vibes, let's say. But actually, it, were, it was the subtle nuances of our expression, our voice tone, the way we related to people. And we always got friendly right back. New Yorker style, but friendly. And I think that's a good example of how what you are putting out, which is based on your thinking, is... And it's not actually magnetizing. It's that what you're putting out is affecting the environment and getting a different result. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. I love it. I, I took some notes on that because I, I do that naturally, instinctively, but now I'm going to do it consciously. Really, really well stated, Janet. So, Janet, you are a big proponent of going to alpha level. Could you 
describe what alpha level is for my listener and why you believe it's important. Yeah, and that's alpha level is just some jargon. But our brains are bioelectrical in nature. Every single cell in the brain has uh, electrical activity. And all of that collectively can be measured, at least on the surface of the skull, unless you're at the mercy of a neurosurgeon with probes. The only thing they can measure, the average person, is bioelectrical activity coming from the surface of the brain. And they'll do that by pasting, or if you're unlucky, sticking needles into your scalp. I had that done once. <laughs> and, and those electrodes will pick up that electrical activity. Now, if someone is sitting there with their eyes open and they're relating to their environment, they're using their physical eyes, physical ears, physical kinesthetic sense, you know, feeling the chair they're sitting in, the predominant bioelectrical activity will be in a range that scientists call beta, which is uh, 14 to 21 cycles or pulses per second. And there are faster ones as well, but that's general for just wide awake and looking around. If you are very physically relaxed and you're staring off into space, and uh, or maybe your your eyes are closed, but you're you're not asleep. The brain, because there's less work to do, uh, starts to slow down. The predominant activity will be in the range of around seven to fourteen cycles, pulses per second. That's called alpha, and it's associated with fantasizing, daydreaming, staring off into space. You know, when the person you love is. So it looks kind of spaced out, and you wave your hand in front of them and say, what are you thinking about? And they're having a very rich internal experience. Uh, maybe uh, your wife is imagining how she's going to re rearrange the living room. She's having a full sensory internal experience of how you're going to be moving stuff around. Um, and that alpha is also the stage that you drift down through as you go to sleep. Well, the slower range from that is an area that's uh, associated with uh, what they call hypnogogic imagery. And the Greek root hypnos just means sleep, so it's not about hypnosis. Um, and that's where you, you may have some really vivid imagery and you're almost asleep. And then uh, the, the slowest... When you're deeply asleep, the predominant range is uh, delta, which is around half a cycle to four cycles per second. And, uh, and then during sleep, the brain will cycle up and cycle down through the night because the brain is very busy organizing and sorting experience while you sleep. Sometimes there are peaks of brainwave activity and... The theta, that's that uh, just above delta, theta and alpha. And that's associated with dreaming. And people who say, oh, I don't dream, well, I just don't remember. Um, and that's culturally imprinted because in our culture, dreams aren't considered important. So back to your question, what's the alpha level? That's when people uh, are trained to relax, to focus inwards, to be in a predominant alpha theta, 
brainwave state. Alpha's a little faster, theta's the little slower one, without going to sleep. Because that's where people typically go if they're not trained. It's like, oh, I'm so relaxed, and away I go, and I'm snoring. I never had anybody ever fall off a chair in class. But there were some that slumped, and they were having a good sleep. But the funny thing was that part of the mind is still listening. And at the end of the exercise, you know, I lead people through the end of the exercise, and the ones who had had a nice sleep would open their eyes. But that, that was, that's not the goal of the exercise. The goal is to stay um, awake but inward focused, alpha, theta. And imagery and uh, the imagination is much more vivid there if it's practiced and if you train. And that has wonderful applications for generating creative ideas or analyzing a problem situation and letting um, your creative inner conscious give you ideas. So you may or may not recall that was one of the techniques that you learned way back then. We, uh, we used to say, have a notebook on your lap, enter your alpha level, because during class, we would learn an entry, relaxation and focus process, and then away you would go and do your own thing. Now, that was the whole process. Our whole um, purpose was to teach people how to do this so they could do it on their own. And I'm thinking of how through my career, sometimes people have tried to make me into a kind of guru. It's like, no, I'm stepping off the platform right now because my idea is to teach you to do this yourself go away and do it. So the alpha process is just a skill. Sometimes people say, well, is that like self-hypnosis? Actually, no. And sort of yes, because hypnosis is a very vaguely defined thing. The state of California decided to pass legislation to ban hypnosis uh, many years ago. And then they realized, oops, that would can Hollywood because all hypnosis is, is just focusing, being in what the hypnotist would call a trance, what I would say, you're just focused inwards or focused outwards, but really intensely focused on something to ignoring your environment. It's the suspension of disbelief to believe the movie. So the state of California quickly canceled that legislation because everybody is in and out of trance focus all day long. If you're on the internet, if you're watching a movie, if you're in an intense conversation with someone, that's like a hypnotic trance, which actually shows you that the words hypnotic trance are kind of meaningless. It's that humans are kind of scattered and unfocused, and they can be focused. And the purpose of the alpha-theta process is to make that focus even more intense for creativity and problem-solving healing in the body as well. I used an alpha process to start labor with my second baby because, you know, he was ready and I was ready. And so I've been to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, it'll be another week at least. There's no sign that he's ready to come yet. And so I went home and I said to Jonathan, I'm going to go to my alpha level, that's the jargon, and I'm going to start labor. Jonathan said, oh, okay. So I sat down in the chair and the 
master bedroom and uh, I took about five minutes to enter my alpha level and then I made up a technique to basically uh, tell labor to start. I had some great visuals of uterus and cervix and muscles and stuff and uh, um, the image of a playground slide was also involved and it was about five minutes I had my first contraction <laughs> and then there was another one that was really strong and so I could sense Jonathan hovering and I said I opened one eye and said call the midwives <laughs> they barely made it because uh, I, I had whole births both times the hospital is a place devoutly to be avoided, except when you need them. And so I started labor using Alpha at about 4 o'clock, because it was right after I got home from the doctor. And by 7.30, we were all downstairs having a late supper. Two midwives, Jonathan and I, and baby William on my arm and my fork in the other hand. And uh, I think that's the way to do it. But that's just an example that alpha can be directed to influence the body as well. Because, in fact, your mind, your soul mind, to be specific, fills your entire body. It's not just in your brain. Your mind is in your heart, your cardiovascular system, your lungs. Your mind is in every cell of your body. So I know you're a father, but your your boys are young teens now, aren't they? Yeah, but they're they're um, the ones about to become a teenager in two months. The other one is a teenager. <laughs> you're in for it. <laughs> yeah, all, all your listeners who have teenagers, uh, or who had teenagers and were growing up, were thinking, "Yep, it's grocery bills. <laughs> Look out, and, and testosterone." <laughs> Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and I don't believe. By the way, I'm not politically correct. You hear this yapping about toxic masculinity and testosterone poisoning. Baloney to that. I think testosterone is a beautiful thing, and I celebrate men being men the way God planned it, and women being women the way God planned it. Amen, <laughs> and just amen. <laughs> Anyways, Janet, this has been a fabulous conversation. So um, if my listener is interested in uh, checking out what you do, finding out about some of the services you offer, like the fabulous coaching you do, and full disclosure, I do some coaching with Janet. She is fantastic. How do they do that? Well, they can call me or email is probably the best thing. The email address is janjohn at rogers.com and that is spelled j-a-n-j-o-n at rogers.com and uh, that arrives right here in my iMac and uh, right now I I can accept a couple coaching clients and I only want people who are really committed really interested because I don't want to waste my time, and I don't want to waste uh, people's time. I mean, it's, it's time to go for it. Yeah, amen. Amen. So, listener, check out Janet and her work. Go to the show notes. We'll have that email address in there. Send her an email. Have a conversation with her. It's well worth your time. She's only got room for a couple people because she's pretty busy. 
But I'll tell you, uh, I work with Janet and she is fantastic. The brand of coaching that she delivers is like none other. I highly recommend it. So Janet, we like to end off each and every one of our episodes by asking you as our guest expert to give us in concise bullet point form your top three expert action steps that you recommend my listener take on in his or her life or business to take it to the next level. What say you? Okay. First thing is begin to become aware of the cultural programming and indoctrination about how truth is subjective. If you want to be successful, you've got to connect with objective truth. So it's time to get rid of the filters and uh, to perceive what reality is telling you with feedback. Sometimes reality is always serving up. Uh, sometimes a padded two by four or a Nerf bat uh, <laughs> or a carrot on a stick. Are you paying attention? Um, second thing, everything you want to be and do and have uh, in terms of the physical success in the creative world, that starts between your ears and how you think. Because how you think will support you or how you think will sabotage you. And what people generally don't realize because they think of the way they think is the truth of the way things are. See, that's back to what's the objective truth. So... Anything that you want to be or do or have is going to start with um, analyzing your mental programming, analyzing how you structure time. That's a very interesting thing to discover. And, and then to make the changes in your belief systems and in your beliefs about your skills and beliefs about your goals so that you're not sabotaging yourself. And the third thing would be to watch out for that mindset that how you think will just magically manifest things. It's magical thinking and it's not true, but how you think does magnetize, that's a metaphor, or attract or filter your experience. So just back up from that and change how you think. The the subtext to that is uh, that it's good to think about who you are, why are you here, your destiny, eternally, because that's a factor too. Janet, I, I could listen to you for hours because you are so brilliant and everything you say is gold. Gold. Listener, Janet Kramer. A legend in the personal development space. Bless your heart, Nikki. Thank you. You're welcome. And someone who really, really has done the deep work to be a top thought leader, a top heart leader in the space. I highly recommend that you go and send her an email and get on the phone with her. If you're in a space right now where you need help and you want to get to the next level, Janet Kramer, she's your gal. 1,000%. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, Janet sounds great. My God, she's got some awesome IP. She's really, really an impressive individual. Her thought leadership's clear. And you're wondering, 
how do I become as good at this as Janet? That's a question you ought to be asking yourself, right? That's one of the reasons you probably listen to this show is you're interested in taking your own thought leadership to a new level. You want to make more money. You want to help more people. You want to be professionally famous. You want people to come to you because you're known as the go-to person in your space, just like Janet is. The first thing I advise you to do is go to my website, eastcircleacademy.com, and click on the button that says watch free webinar. Watch that webinar. It's a masterclass in how to do exactly that, how to become a thought leader, how to have your IP be recognized and known, how to create IP, how to stand out from the crowd, how to be that go-to person in your space so you make a lot more money, so you help a lot more people, so that you fulfill your destiny. Go watch that. It's an hour long and it's free, free. Take good notes. Secondly, there's another button there that says download free e-report. And it's a report that's all about how to take your expert practice from where it is now to a whole new level. Six powerful, concise steps. And again, free. So take advantage of this. And once you've done that, if you're serious, and I mean serious, that in 2021, no kidding, you're actually going to do this. You're going to take your business to a new level. You're going to add 100, 200,000, 300,000, 500,000, a million, 2 million, 5 million, 10 million to your business. Then you need to go click on the button that says book success call and book your success call. Do it right away. That's also free. All these incredible free resources are going to help you go from tragic to magic. Put 2020 behind you and make 2021 your best year yet. So make sure you take advantage of all these resources. Make sure you send Janet an email. Make sure that you go to my website and check out all these free resources. Get yourself set up so you're that thought leader. You're that go-to person. And the world gets to see who you are and you become professionally famous amongst the people that need you and will benefit from you. Because that's why God put you here on this earth. Janet Kramer. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Thought Leader Revolution podcast. It was an honor to have you here. You're welcome, Nikki. This was fun. Yeah, it really was. It really was. See and you soon. Absolutely. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Janet Kramer, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the show notes, get her email address, send her an email and to take advantage of all the incredible resources that I just shared with you about how to help you become that go-to authority, that go-to expert, that person who's a thought leader who makes a heck of a lot more money, helps a heck of a lot more people, make sure you go to eCircleAcademy.com. Until next time, goodbye.